0: It is showdown Saturday as the New England Revolution come to Harrison for a crucial game in the Eastern Conference with the Red Bulls. We'll also recap a wild night in Los Angeles with LAFC. It's time to hop inside the booth with Matt Horman and Steve Jolly right here on the New York Red Bulls radio network. It's a big game, certainly on Saturday night at Red Bull Arena as the New England Revolution come into town. We are back on East Coast time. Matt Harmon, Steve Jolly here for our August edition of Inside the Booth. Uh, we've got plenty of time here to recap what was a very interesting game last weekend out in Los Angeles. Look ahead a little bit to the Revolution game, which will come up for you Uh At Red Bull Arena on Saturday night should be a great atmosphere but as I say a very good morning here on a Friday to start the weekend to my partner Steve Jolly. Um, Steve obviously the the game last weekend in Los Angeles I I think the, the first thing to talk about was the atmosphere of that game and for someone who has been with the league from the very very beginning I think you were a little bit starstruck walking in to that Bank of California stadium and realizing just how far the league has come.
1: True Matt. True, very true. But the first thing we should probably talk about is the fact that you overslept this uh, this call, and you need to be held responsible, and I will hold you responsible at some point, but that's okay. We'll I know move that, on to the game.
0: I know that you will. I was hoping maybe we could just save that for another date, but I'm glad within the first 60 seconds of, of the start of the podcast, you have already fired the first shot across the bow.
1: Well, the fans can expect nothing less <laughs> from me and from us. In our relationship for me not to, uh, to dig it in a little early. So that's good. But let's talk about LASC first and foremost. Um, I think what struck me the most, more than anything else, is you said the atmosphere. But I would also say the actual facility itself in terms of how <laughs> the league is involved. I mean, we've got to think back to, what, 1999, 20 years ago. Uh, Columbus Crew Stadium to what is now LAFC and, you know, the facilities and, you know, the atmosphere and just everything about, you know, it's just, if you, how can you not get on the soccer bandwagon that is Major League Soccer in the United States when you have not seen this incredible growth, a growth that will probably continue, wink, wink, and uh, the next couple days on Tuesday, wink, wink, with an announcement of maybe a new franchise. I'm just saying it's an exciting time.
0: It does sound like St. Louis will be the uh, 28th team with uh, obviously Nashville coming in, Miami coming in. No, 27 or 28?
1: I get confused. It's just I think it's 28, right? No.
0: You've got uh, no 28. I I forgot I forgot about Austin I forgot about Austin so 28 is uh St. Louis that the word and uh, that press conference with Major League Soccer is set to take place at some point next week we can talk about that a little bit more in our second segment as well um I I I couldn't agree with with you more not only is it uh, a great venue but the crowd was completely into it and listen to be fair you and I are spoiled. Each and every home game that we get. Red Bull Arena is still a premier location. Um and, and still I think the the goal that so many places aspire to in terms of what it looks like for a soccer specific stadium um how it's built how it's come together um but you see you know a a new place that has all the bells and whistles to it and to be fair right now they've got the team that kind of goes along with it to to match in what was a a very entertaining game without question to watch last sunday
1: well, you know, like they say, newer doesn't always mean better, right, when it comes to stadiums. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if anything, um, I don't know. I, I mean, if I'm looking at it kind of as a reflective, you know, looking back and, and trying to be reflective about uh, what happened, uh, I think more than anything else it showed me, and this is just me speaking on behalf of just my own opinions, which is always gets me in trouble sometimes, but that's okay, um, is that this team can compete. With any team in Major League Soccer, without question. But the kind of the dagger that has been kind of, you know, that's hurt the most in the last, uh, let's say, month or so is we've been leaky, giving up bad goals. Um, you know, there's three or so that uh, goals that we gave up there at, uh, in L.A. that we should never give up on. And uh, if we are going to progress to where I think we need to progress over the next week, because this it doesn't get any bigger than the next week. Right. You know, you got New England at home at D.C. on Wednesday then at NYCFC. Uh, all conference games it doesn't get any better and bigger than this next week we just cannot give up the leaky goals like we have been giving up in the month of July and the start of August here all
0: right so let's look at some of those goals that took place in the LA game and and maybe as a theme certainly this this last i'll say uh 6 7 weeks of the season as well from a from a idea of the players that are back there now that everyone is kind of back healthy all done with injuries as far as we know, all done with international duty. What's the next piece, you think, for this Red Bull team to kind of get back to where they were a year ago?
1: BWP, BWP, not giving up leaky goals. That's number one, two, three for me. We need to get BWP back in and and doing his thing because he strikes fear uh, amongst the defenders of the other team. Um, And we can't give up leaky goals. I mean, you give up the set pieces, you give up a PK, um you know it's just that's kind of unacceptable at this stage of the of the season uh, i know that the coaching staff are addressing it and um you know i think the one thing that we're going to see at least uh, tomorrow night saturday night at red bull arena against new england is an opportunity to really you know you see a team like new england who has done exceptionally well over the last couple of months since bruce arena come, has come in um uh, they're playing with a lot of confidence we need to get that good home i think we're undefeated against new england at red bull arena that good result, clean sheet game to give us some com- confidence to uh, to go on the road to two tough, tough opponents on the road with D.C. and, and NYCF, uh, NYC.
0: Which is uh, almost a recurring theme from where we were a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about Toronto, that being the most important game of the season with Toronto coming in. They got the shutout. They took the confidence into L.A. Uh, they gave up the, the two goals in the span of a couple of minutes. In California, and and I think the one thing, and to go back to something that you had mentioned earlier, Steve, which was certainly New York can compete. We've seen it against the better teams this year. When they've played Atlanta a couple of times, NYCFC, the LA Galaxy, games like that, the team has gotten up for. And it did seem like they were up again for this challenge. The first 20 minutes or so before the first Galaxy goal I think you and I both thought, okay, this is going to be not just it's going to be a 90 minute game because New York is here to play. You give up one, then you give up two and you're kind of biting your nails thinking, oh, oh, brother, this this could be a (laughs) snowball effect. But yet the team is able to bounce back with two goals in the span of three, four minutes at the end of the first half.
1: Uh, I, I'm with you wholeheartedly. I think uh, this team came out with a lot of confidence, like kind of took it to, to LAFC at least the first 20 minutes and then got ourselves – we dug ourselves a hole with, uh, with, with you know, set pieces, bad goals, giving up, you can't give up. Um, there's two ways of taking this kind of especially when it comes to July and August is that, you know, is this the you know, opportune time to kind of learn your lessons, kind of get the group together and kind of go for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I feel like at the end of the day, you know, it's been an up and down season without question. And that game is a perfect example of, you know, encapsulate the season perfectly. You know, you, you had a good start and the next thing you know, you give up some goals. and next thing you know, you come back and fight back. And through grit and determination, it was everything that we've kind of come to expect. And then you give a couple of leaky goals and you, you know, and you got yourself in trouble. Um But in saying that, you know, there is still a wonderful opportunity for this team here. And I don't think anybody thinks I mean, there is not literally and I'm not saying this just because of the platform that we're on. I mean, every single person I have spoken to uh, outside of the team will tell you that, you know, this is a Red Bull team that if they come together and they're firing at all cylinders, uh, they're just they're one of the better teams in Major League Soccer. It's just now has become the time where we've got to take, you know, those experiences from July and and, and at least, uh, you know, what happened in LA and and try to say, you know what, this can't happen again. We got to keep ourselves in games because that's what last year was all about is keeping yourself in games and not giving up, you know, leaky goals. And then if we can get BWP back to, uh, to form and getting some minutes on the field, uh, we're, we're a dangerous team. We are a dangerous, dangerous team. And, uh, it's got to get fixed, and it's not one that you can pass off anymore. It's not May anymore; um, it's now August, and uh, and we've got three enormous games over whatever seven days.
0: Steve, I don't think there's any question that if you look at the way that the season has gone for this Red Bull team, uh, there, there's there's I think it's a sense of frustration. I mean, look at their record, right? Eleven wins, ten losses plus the four draws, it's been up, it's been down. Um, it, it's been a team that's been, in a way, hard to get on any kind of role. They had that real good stretch in May when they were able to really put things together. And to your point, it is August, and you're moving quickly into the meat of the schedule, in a way, because you've got these six-point games coming up. Um, you mentioned Bradley Wright Phillips, and, and I think something that we should touch on with that. You talking about Bradley Bright Phillips is no knock on the player who has been filling his spot in Brian White because I think you and I are on that train of being a fan of what Brian White brings to the game each and every time out. His effort, his production, um, he was now credited with that goal, by the way, that was originally, we thought, a Brian White goal, then an own goal. It's been credited back to Brian White. So he leads the team in goal scoring right now, which I don't think anyone would have predicted all the way back in February, March. Um, but to your point, it's more of getting BWP involved and become another option, which is something that in years past, New York has kind of been lacking.
1: Yeah, no, um, everybody who has listened to this podcast and our radio broadcast know that i'm a gigantic enormous brian white fan uh, i feel like we've uh, we've had a good relationship over uh this season and uh you know at the end of the day i do appreciate that he finally paid off his bet in la to me that whole one dollar oh Although he did he did he, pay he did pay and he gave it to me in change that's how much uh he respected that bet so much that he had decided to finally pay me months later after our bet A big one dollars no big fan of brian white not to say and i'm not to you know to in any capacity make you know the idea that uh well i'll just say this brian white has been a revelation in major league soccer this year without question it's just saying that when you have probably you know the greatest player to ever put a red bull jersey on uh you know on your in your uh on your team, we got to get them going and uh, we got to find a way and a place. I mean, but just look at the last couple of games, you know, you've got literally, and I'm going back from the LA game, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. That's going to July 14th, uh, NYC uh, that just kind of shows you the kind of Rocky road that, um, that I'm seeing. And it goes back to, I think, you know, the reason why that Rocky road is that you, you give up, four goals in L.A., you give up three against Columbus, you give up, you know, another three against uh, at Toronto. Um, that's, That's what happens, right? I mean, that's when you lose games. So that's why I go back to my original theme and why I think, you know, the team will ultimately have success. Because I'd be in a much darker place right now if I didn't have guys like Robles and Long and Parker and, you know, Kamar Lawrence and, you know, yada yada of all the other people who are you know on our lineup that I think, and, and I feel hundred percent comfortable are going to get it organized and, and lead us through to a, a nice long run in the playoffs because we have the talent. It's just, you know, we just need to come together. And, you know, if we didn't have the talent, that's when we have, would have some big problems.
0: Right now, the top five in the Eastern Conference: the Philadelphia Union, Atlanta United, DC United, New York City FC, Red Bulls, the Revolution, and Montreal. That is your playoff picture as it sits right now. Orlando, Toronto, Chicago, all within striking distance. Orlando, Toronto actually equal with Montreal in terms of points, but they would lose that on the tiebreaker. Chicago, three points out. Columbus starting to make a little bit of of a run. They've got twenty six points, and FC Cincinnati right now with eighteen. We'll take a quick break when we come back on the New York Red Bulls radio network. We continue with a little bit more of a uh, preview of this game against the Revolution. Steve and I also talk about the continued expansion of Major League Soccer. Stick around. Matt Harmon, Steve Jolly. It's the August edition of Inside the Booth on the New York Red Bulls radio network. Download the New York Red Bulls app today to stay up to date on everything New York Red Bulls. Buy, share, and scan your tickets. Get all the latest news and content and listen to New York Red Bulls radio in English and Spanish. Then flip to arena mode to find concessions near your location and get real-time answers from the Red Bulls chatbot. Available now on iOS and Android or visit NewYorkRedBulls.com for more information. It's the second segment here for us on the New York Red Bulls Radio Network. Hope you are enjoying part of your uh, summer. Almost now, another game day. Matt Harmon, Steve Jolly will be your crew coming up on Saturday night. We, of course, start with our hour-long countdown to kickoff pregame show. Uh, Kickoff is at 7, which means you and I partner on the air at 6. Plenty of time to get into what now is the biggest game of the season. And I think we're going to say that a lot in these (laughs) next couple of games. Every game depending on result, will be the biggest game of the year. We said it with the Toronto game okay, you got your points there. You go to L.A. Um, in, in essence, you shoot your shot. You come up a little bit short. Now you've got another game against an Eastern Conference team, a team that's right underneath you in the playoff picture, and a team that essentially you need to beat because when you did play them earlier this year, uh, you could make the argument that you, you gave away some points. It was a one nothing win for the Revolution back in mid-April on the 20th up at Gillette Stadium. So, you know, that revenge factor plus factor in this was a team that ultimately knocked you out of the Open Cup. You have to think that this is a Red Bull team that yeah. wants to get back on that winning track.
1: Yeah, I mean, they want to get back on the winning track. They want to be, you know, a long-term kind of, you know, rival. I guess you can call. I don't know if we've been called New England Revolution a rival. It's just there's a history there. Um, you, you 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 kind of add that with the fact that uh, you know those them kicking us out of. Uh, of open cup and you look at the standings with them being in sixth place. And then, you know, you got uh, in front of us, NYC with games in hand uh, on us, two games in hand, and you got DC United at third place. I mean, can you get any more exciting relative to the importance of each and every game right now? Um, New England's playing with a lot of confidence and, you know, this is a team that I think, you know, has the potential to, to just kind of disrupt. That's kind of what I think is the mantra of, of Bruce Arena as he gets his players kind of on board and gets new players and, and starts getting guys like Gil uh, taking it to another level. Um, you know, this is a dangerous, dangerous team, but a great opportunity for this new – especially for this Red Bull team being at home, having a history of success there at Red Bull Arena against this New England team and, uh, and getting a good kind of flow and vibe and a mental mindset – so that we can kind of push on to the remaining balance of this, uh, of at least a week, uh, because I think that's kind of the focus. The focus isn't looking you know long term or the playoffs or anything like that. It's taking that kind of that attitude of game by game. But when you're looking at segments of the season, I guarantee you that this is a uh, you know a, a coaching staff that's you know in their room saying, okay, if we can take you know six points out of the next three games, that would be wonderful. You know, and I think that's how they're segmenting the season and the remaining balance of the season is saying, OK, we know how big this is. This next week is. Can we take, you know, can we take, you know, the, the points that we need to take? And, you know, the, the, it's always you, you say what you get your three points at home. You get a, you know, a tie it on the road. You've had a successful, you know, performance. And uh, when you look at it from a home away away kind of standard, that's five points. So we can take six you exceed your expectations and, and that's kind of, you know, I'd rather you aim high and fail than aim low and succeed. Right.
0: I like that. That's a good mantra to start the weekend. You're very wise with those comments. Very wise. Very.
1: No, I appreciate it, man.
0: All right. So here's uh here's something for you. You, we're able to see one of your former coaches in action uh, this past weekend with Bob Bradley. You'll see another one of your former coaches in Bruce arena in action this weekend. Uh, Since the revolution made the coaching change, which was back in mid-May after a five, nothing loss, they cut ties with Brad Fiedel interim coach for a couple of games. They had a win against San Jose draws against Montreal, DC Bruce arena comes in. He takes over. They win in Los Angeles against the galaxy. Um, beat the Red Bulls in the Open Cup, lose to Orlando in the Open Cup. And then the rest of the regular season for them, a draw against Philadelphia, a win against Houston, a win on the road in Colorado, a draw on the road in D.C., a win at home against Vancouver, a win on the road at Cincinnati, a win at home against Orlando, a loss at home to LAFC. Their most recent game, which was uh, last Saturday, a 3-3 draw against Seattle, has it been this coaching change? Obviously, which has put it together, but is it that simple sometimes, Steve, for a team that was really, really struggling on hard yeah. times? Look at their last three games before the coaching change got made, and even through the interim, now to Bruce Arena, sometimes it's just that easy for, for players on the field just to have a new a new face and a new direction.
1: Well, a new face a new direction, but also one that kind of exhibits a lot of confidence uh, and distills a lot of confidence in his players. And you look at... Uh, any coaching change, especially, you know, the timing associated with that coaching change. And uh, you have players who probably feel more than anything else that here is an opportunity, the players who are playing and the players who are not playing, specifically the players who are not playing sometimes. Here's an opportunity to get in front fight. And uh, maybe this is an opportunity for, for me to get on the field or whatever it may be. Um, obviously, Bruce is going to bring his experience with the league, other teams, other coaching staffs, other you know, systems. And that's, you know, a huge adage. Um, I think it's safe to say that the Brad Friedel era was a complete debacle. And I think his overconfidence in terms of what he brings to the table cost him his job. Uh, That's not to say that uh, Mr. Arena doesn't have... uh, The confidence more so than most people, I guess, is a nice way of saying it. But um, there's no question that uh, he is the most successful major league soccer coach in the history of our league. And there's a reason for it because he brings talented people. He's got a great eye for talent. And, uh, you know, he's got his coaching staff there and he went and spent some money and he has, you know, some DPs who make a difference. And that's what it's all kind of all about. He's also sitting with an opportunity, maybe in the off season, uh, with you know, I guess getting that third DP. But listen, this is a good team. There's no question about it. You've got you know people who have played in the league for a long time, like Teal Bunbury and you know Juan Agudelo, who are stepping up their games, and uh, they're a big threat. And uh, this is a, this is a big one.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is not, and this is not the team that we saw, um, even in that loss back back in in April. You've added Gustavo Bo, Carlos Heel, uh, playing as probably as well as he has since he's come to Major League Soccer. Um, and you look at some of their attacking pieces, and they're a team that I th- I think in a lot of ways will challenge this Red Bull team um, because it's a Red Bull team, which defensively I think is is trying to still, and we talked about in our first segment, they're still trying to figure out how do we lock everybody down like we did a year ago? Is it Kamar Lawrence, Tim Parker, Aaron Long, the right back spot now, maybe a little bit of a competition between Amir Murillo and Reese Buckmaster. We saw Amro Tarek, who did so well uh, for New York when Aaron Long was out on international duty. There's more more pieces in play, I think, than there were a year ago.
1: Well, there's more pieces in play, but there's you know you've got a situation where you know when you look at their two DPS and Gil and Bo, um, you got more of a playmaking kind of Gil, and then Bo was kind of the quintessential I think for that organization, the quintessential signing of hey the Bruce Arena era has entered into New England, meaning that he was going to get the Kraft family to spend some money on some talent. And, uh, you know, they spent some money for, for Bruce to get there. So they've proven now that they can spend some money. And when you spend money in Major League Soccer, that usually translates to, uh, usually, quote unquote, to some success. And, uh, and boy, as New England transformed their team, uh, you know, on the field, psychologically, everything. And, uh, and they're now a test um, to just, you know, to every team in Major League Soccer right now when, you know, a couple months ago, they were just kind of laughing stock of the Eastern Conference.
0: Steve, we talked about it a little bit in our first segment. Major League Soccer expected to make another announcement uh, early next week with another expansion franchise. This was originally set to be the stopping point. Get to 28 teams, and that would be it. You've got Nashville coming in. You've got Miami coming in. You've got Austin with a franchise. And now it looks like St. Louis will be that 28th team. Um Just just your initial thoughts when you hear that. You kind of know the scope of soccer without the country. I know St. Louis has always been maybe that place in the middle of the country that feels like, um, hey, we love soccer. Bring us a major league soccer team, and it looks like they're going to get their wish next week.
1: Yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited because when you look at the – well, obviously, when you look at the scale of what's happening in Major League Soccer over the last, you know, 20 years, it's like night and day. We talked about the stadiums earlier on this pod. Uh, we talked about, you know, how the teams are you know, spending money in the owners. And, you know, we didn't even talk about the new ownership group in, in Houston. Uh, you know, you have new ownership guys in, in Seattle with like Macklemore and you know, Russell Wilson just the excitement about uh, you know what's happening there but when you bring in franchises in cities like austin nashville two of the you know biggest growth you know cities in america right now miami being what it is miami with david beckham and then you add a a, a franchise in literally you know when i was growing up in the you know 70s and 80s was there any bigger hotbed outside of new jersey than st louis in terms of you know creating talented players um, it's a huge giant Enormous soccer scene in a city that would just is going to embrace soccer in all of its you know capacities, and I just I'm excited for for a city like St. Louis that desperately needs something like this. Um, I'm excited for Major League Soccer in terms of our footprint, and um, I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if we probably learn more about some other cities uh, in the next you know six months that are uh, are it's going to start ramping up again.
0: Well, I think the one thing that that that's interesting, right, is that originally, and I'll say originally, within the last twelve months, when when expansion kind of kept going, Nashville, Miami, Major League Soccer, Don Garber did say we want to get to twenty eight, and then we're going to shut it off a little bit. That has kind of been that that foot on the gas pedal has completely been eased <laughs> off just, we just because got
1: played. Yeah, be, well, exactly. because
0: listen, you've got how many other markets could you? get to 30, maybe get to 32, and you use 32 as a number because that, that would seem to make sense. You, you'd want to have the same number of teams per conference, so if it's 28 and you're going to keep going, you'd probably go to 32. I know you think a great spot would be somewhere in North Carolina. Um, Sacramento has has always been that other team in California that has looked for it. Are there spots in the middle of the country like Detroit? Do you get yourself down into that desert area? Look at what Phoenix has been able to do. Las Vegas is a team that's kind of in a city that's on the rise in terms of professional sports. So um, the the problem has always been, right, when you think of it, okay, I don't think the cities are going to be an issue, but what about the talent level? How do you keep growing Major League Soccer so that it doesn't come diluted and watered down where the talent keeps up because every city that opens itself up as a new market, you're talking about anywhere from, you know, 25 to 40 players when you factor it all in, where are those players going to come from?
1: No, it's, it's a valid question, but, you know, starting, you know, from in terms of, I think the league, um, I do not think, and as much as there's been, you know, some criticism relative to Don Garber, I do not think We could, uh, I mean, when, when, when it's all said and done and you're already much, much older than I am, but when we're all very old and have gray hair, we're going to look back at this time as literally the time that changed everything about soccer in our country. And we're going to have to give a lot of credit to the salesmanship of Don Garber and what he's done there. I had the pleasure of working with the guy. He is definitely without question one of my most, You know, my favorite people on planet Earth in terms of just working for and with He's an incredible, incredible person. And he sold Major League Soccer exceptionally well in terms of putting like it's it's supply and demand. Right. Demand. He created a demand for for franchises in in this league um, and he's being able to manage it i do think he'll stop at 32 i do think that charlotte and sacramento will be the two next franchises and i wouldn't be surprised if we need if we hear something about it in the next six months um and you know when it's all said and done and relative to, to talent i'll go back to you know as i mentioned before when i worked in the league office you know we always kept on saying to stop you know there's nothing wrong with um with, with more than anything else, just kind of saying, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, this league. You know, saying, this goes back to my comment before, I'd rather aim high and, and fail than aim low and succeed. You know, we're not the premiership. We're not going to be the premiership for maybe a long, 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 long time. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is something to be said about saying, are we the best league in this hemisphere? And that is what I think, uh, is ultimately what is going to happen very soon, that this is going to be the choice league in the hemisphere. And uh, and we're going to grow that way in terms of the next 5, 10, 15 years. And then bigger and better things are going to happen. It, there's going to happen because of our infrastructure. It's going to happen because of the talent pool. It's going to happen with the fact that, you know, sheer volume of, of players in this hemisphere. Um, it's just there's too many positives that work in our favor to not think that there's going to be incredible success on and off the field uh, relative to soccer in our country. And you parlay that to the next, you know, whatever, 10 years or so until we get, uh, you know, the world cup um, here, back in, in this hemisphere again, Um, it just, everything is moving in the right directions. And, you know, I know a lot of things are based on, you know, Economic business cycles and when people are spending, when people are not spending relative to big capital in terms of stadiums and, you know, and teams and everything like that. And you got to strike when the iron's, you know, hot and we're striking at the right time. Uh, and everything just makes a lot of sense right now. And it goes back to what I said before, you know, jump on the bandwagon now because in the next 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to be an exciting ride.
0: I'll have to go back and listen to that answer because you lost me when you made another. Uh, nasty remark about our age difference, which is only, I think, like 18 months, number one. And you, you made another reference to gray hair. Last time I checked, I I think I, think I still have more hair than you, right? Isn't that well, true? Well,
1: that, uh, if I do, <laughs> it's a choice. There's a difference. I make the choice of, you know, cutting hair. And just, you know, it's like anything. It's like, you know, I cut my hair short because it's just one less thing I have to deal with. All right. I mean, at the end of the day, I've got to deal with you for 3 times in the next 7 days. Like there's only so much stress that I can manage, especially when you decide on sleeping in and not doing, you know, the podcast in a timely fashion. When you set the time when you set the time. As, We'll just end it the same way
0: that we start. As we always say <laughs> we need, here on our New York Red Bulls radio network, sometimes we come full circle, and we will end it with that. <laughs> yes, I was a little bit tardy this morning after setting the time slot. Partner, I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, with this New England Revolution game. Big it's a week. big, big one, and it starts what should be a massive week for this Red Bull team. New England, D.C., NYCFC. Not sure it gets any better for soccer fans in the area that follow the New York Red Bulls. I'll, uh, I'll see you tomorrow night. Look forward to it.
1: All right, buddy. It's going to be fun.
0: All right. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Our thanks to Gordon Stevenson for putting this back together. For Steve Jolly, I'm Matt Harmon. Tickets available for this one. Make sure, as you listen to us as well on the New York Red Bulls radio network, leave us a rating, a review. Say hi to Steve or myself via Twitter. Uh, We're always there to answer you, the fans, your questions. See you tomorrow night at RBA. Should be a good one with the revolution in town.